Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 208 of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast. As always, it's brought to you by our good friends at Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Coldwell Banker is rooted in the legacy of our founder, renowned businessman and philanthropist, Marvin Pomeranz. We continue to tell his story through our love of people, homes, and the communities we serve. Our integrity guides our focus to empower people to make the best real estate decisions possible. We pair local ownership and knowledge with the power of an international brand and the most advanced technology to elevate the customer experience and expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. All right, well, we're going to talk a lot of football tonight. We're recording this on Sunday, but uh, this podcast is not going to be posted until Monday after we announce the third team of our Ankeny Fanatic all-time Ankeny football team. We'll be talking to two of the players who have been named to our third team, and we'll have a special guest on at the end of the podcast as well. Right now, my first guest is a former Ankeny kicker who helped the Hawks to three appearances in the Class 4A semifinals in his four-year varsity career. He was a first-team All-State pick as a senior who went on to have an outstanding career at Iowa State. He's Cole Nett. And Cole, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Uh, doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. Well, we'll get into your Ankeny memories here in a bit, but I first wanted to ask you about Iowa State. I've had you on the podcast before to preview the Cy Hawk game, and we couldn't get you on this fall before the game at Kinnick. Of course, the Cyclones ended a six-game losing streak in the series with a 10-7 victory. You know, you had to be pretty happy with the outcome of that game, huh? <laughs> Ab- absolutely. That was uh, that's super nice. I always get made fun of because um, everybody make, says, you know, you were the last one to uh, beat the Hawkeyes. And I said, I know. It's it's kind of a bittersweet moment. Uh, it's, it feels like forever ago. So it was really, really nice to have that win this year. Yeah, that does seem like a long time ago. That was back in uh, 2014 when you kicked a game-winning 42-yard field goal with two seconds left, and that broke a 17-17 tie. I'm sure you get asked about that kick a lot, you know, but that had to be the biggest kick of your career, huh? Yeah, by far, no doubt, on ESPN, too, I think. So as far as in the stadium, uh, 70,000 plus on a uh, big channel, so by far biggest kick, yeah. Now, I know you initially appeared to miss uh, your first try at that game winner, but the Hawkeyes had had already called a timeout. Now, I know that's a common strategy to try to ice the kicker, but that was one of the times when when the move really kind of backfired, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think icing the kicker is, you know, I talk about this with my friends all the time, and and if I was a coach, I wouldn't ice the kicker at all. Uh, Just an an example, I was watching a game, and um, I think it was the Michigan against TCU, and they iced that guy on his 59-yarder, and he missed it, and he's just got another free chance to adjust and kick it right through. So if yeah, you want to mess with a kicker, don't ice him. <laughs> well, just gives them more time to prepare and to think about what they have to do, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, I may get back to some more Iowa State questions here in a bit, but let's talk about your Ankeny career. Uh, you first joined the varsity as a freshman in 2008 when you stepped into the lineup after uh, Zeb Miller, who was later named to the elite All-State team, uh, suffered an injury late in the season. Uh, you made both of your field goal tries and all 19 of your PATs uh, to help the team reach the semifinals. Now, is that kind of nerve-wracking? I mean, joining the varsity as a freshman, you had to be pretty nervous the first time you went out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I joined the varsity not thinking I was ever going to kick in varsity uh, freshman year. And Zeb had a tackle on a kickoff, and I remember him laying there, and I was like, oh, dude, just please get up. <laughs> <laughs> and he never did, and he broke his collarbone. And so I had to go in, and um, I think I, I don't know how many, I kicked, definitely won that game. Um, making that one helped give me a little bit of confidence going in. But, yeah, I was, uh, I was definitely pretty nervous going in there. Well, then in your sophomore year, uh, you had a game-winning kick in the season opener. Uh, you had a 20-yard field goal in double overtime to give your team a 32-29 to win at Waukee. And since that kick was more or less the equivalent of an extra point, you know, you probably weren't too nervous <laughs> for that one, were you? No, I wasn't. It was a little bit, a little bit uh, higher, uh, you know. But, uh, it, yep, extra point, so had to get it through. Do your thing. 
Well, you went on to make 11 of 14 field goals in your senior year, and you went 25 for 38 in your career. Uh, you also made 146 of 157 PATs. You know, you obviously had a great high school career, but you're also a talented soccer player. So which sport did you actually start playing first? Uh, soccer, for sure. My love, my love for soccer uh, turned into kicking and football. I always had a decent leg in soccer, and one of the things I would do the best is just kick the ball as hard as I could when I shot on goal. Uh, and that kind of correlated to, uh, I think I may try out kicking. And uh, from then on, the rest is history. So you just kind of got into kicking yourself as far as football? Yeah. Um, I think it was fifth grade when um, I was playing in Ankeny, and my parents had heard of Peter Rame. And um, they went to him and said, hey, could you come watch one of our uh, football games and see if our son has any chance to work with you? Uh, and he came to one of my football games and said, yeah, I'd love to work with him. So... From then on, it's uh, I've been working with him ever since. So, well, you told me for the all-time football team story that one of your favorite memories of playing at Ankeny was the fact that you could leave practice early <laughs> once you got your work in. So, so I take it when you got to Iowa State, you know that wasn't how things worked, huh? No, I I, I definitely tried when I got to Iowa State. I, I pulled the uh, I should go golf after I kick because it helps with my technique, but that that <laughs> definitely didn't work out. <laughs> So would you guys, you know, work on all the different aspects of the kicking game, uh, you know, at Ankeny right at the start of the practice? Because, like, you do field goals and PATs yep. and kickoffs, and, that, and that's why you're able to cut out early? Yep. And so Rame had Rame was a great coach, and um, they the, the coaches at Ankeny listened to him. And so one of the things we wanted to do was we wanted to lift after we kicked because we didn't want to go out there on dead legs after we lifted. Sure. Um, so we wouldn't create bad habits with you know, super sore legs. And so we would kick at the beginning of practice, do all special teams, kick off, punt return, PAT, field goal. Um, and then we would just kick with Rame for a little bit. And then we'd just head to the weight room while practice was going on. And then uh, I would just drive past the team when we were done lifting and give them a nice little wave and a honk on my way home. I'll bet. Well, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> you, you never did much punting, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. Did you ever try it, or do you ever think you wanted to do it? Or um, I tried to, but um, there's there's very few talented kids who can do both kicking and punting. Um, it's just a different technique. Um, it's kind of like swinging a baseball bat and swinging a golf club and trying to combine the two. So I definitely just stuck to kicking, and we had our we had our punters who stuck to pun uh, punting too. So. Well, one of your uh, a fellow former Ankeny kickers told me that uh, one of the things that he liked to do during practice was to kick the ball so far through the uprights that it would disrupt another part of the team that was practicing, you know, off in the distance. Now, I'm not sure if the setup for practice was, was the same when you were there, but is that something you ever tried to do? <laughs> you know, we, we always had it. We, we definitely didn't do that. We, we had, uh, it wasn't even a rugby. It was um, almost like an arena football, and it was a super skinny field goal. And so we would just go out on our own and we'd kick through that. But we never, we never got the opportunity to uh, put that in front of another team because I don't think that would have gone very well. Huh. <laughs> well, you also told me that you enjoyed playing in away games because one of the traditions that you guys had was that you would always go to Applebee's after the road games and a bunch of you would, you know, pig out on several different appetizers. Now, did you guys just do that once and enjoy it so much that you just figured, hey, we'll just do this every time? <laughs> you know, I, can't, I don't even know how that started. I, I think that's exactly how it started. We did it once because we get home super late and there's not a whole lot of restaurants open and uh, a bunch of bunch of high school kids who don't have a whole lot of money uh, go out and just get these half price apps and then you know we can get three or four of them each and we just order up the table and it's just like a buffet of of uh, appetizers and we all just pig out and it's it was usually after a win I don't I don't think we lost 
very many away games, so it was always a good celebration. Well, you guys didn't lose too many games, period, during that four-year <laughs> four stretch. Yeah. So, well, a lot of the players that I've talked to, you know, for these stories, have had some good stories about Coach Pizzetti. But you obviously had a kicking coach and Coach Rame who worked with you most of the time. Mm -hmm. but, but did Coach Pizzetti ever get involved much with the kicking game, or did he just let Peter do his job? <laughs> he let Peter do his job. <laughs> I, the only time I ever talked to Pizzetti was in the locker room. He uh, he completely trusted Peter. And uh, he had zero part in the kicking game <laughs> at Ankeny. Well, of course, uh, Peter coached a long line of talented kickers at Ankeny. You know, Todd Seavers, Kyle Schlicker, mm -hmm. Jared Parker, Zeb Miller, uh, Matt Johnson, Alex Hansen, just to name a few. You know, I'm sure it's not a coincidence that he's had so many good kickers who have gone on to the next level. You know, would you give him a lot of the credit for your success? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially starting so young. Everything I knew from kicking, I learned from him at the beginning. Um, and that was just a way for me to grow into my strength and technique. And I mean, kicking's about 75%, 80% technique. And so once you got that down, then it's just lifting and getting uh, into your body. Um, and so just being able to do that at such a young age in fifth grade was super beneficial to me. Um, and just knowing his line, because we, we had heard of him and we knew his line of uh, impressive kickers. And so we definitely wanted to work with him early uh, to see if uh, he could help me out. And he definitely did. Well, you mentioned uh, the percentages of what, you know, the technique that goes into it, uh, what, what they are. Is the rest of it like the mental approach? Yeah. Uh, the mental approach is, is huge as well. I, I compare it to golfing quite a lot. If you've ever been out on the golf course, you know that if, if you have a good technique and you hit ball strike better, um, it's way better than swinging hard. Um, and then mental, too. If you have a bad shot, I mean, you just got to move on to the next one. Um, I know kickers who can kick the ball 100 yards and can make everything in practice, but the second they get out to the game, they just, they just can't do it. Um, and so that's a big, big uh, proponent of that, too. And there's a lot of things that they offer in college, um, coaches, breathing exercises, things you can do to calm yourself down. Um, but that's something you really, really need to have mentally uh, to be successful in the, in the kicking game. I'm trying to remember when you committed to Iowa State, did you have a lot of authors, offers and, and what other schools did you consider? No, Iowa State was my only offer. Um, I went to a bunch of camps. I had a lot of interest, um, Wisconsin, Purdue, um, went to an Alabama camp. They, they already had somebody offered, so that was just for fun. Um, and then Iowa as well, but Iowa State was my only offer. Well, obviously, Coach Rhodes was in the early stages of his Iowa State career then uh, when you decided to join the Cyclones program. You know, was that part of the appeal of, of going to Iowa State, that the chance to play for another ranking guy? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I've been a lifelong Iowa State fan ever since I was a kid. And so, I mean, that was huge. Playing on the, playing on the hill when I was young and, and watching uh, Tony Yelk and all those guys kick, it was, it was really cool to do that. And uh, I've had a relationship with Rhodes for quite some time because he recruited me freshman, sophomore year in high school. And mm -hmm. so I'd always go to his camp every year. Uh, just being in his backyard, we uh, would talk quite a bit. Um, and I could go up and visit every once in a while, just being a fan in general and, and uh, always going there. So uh, that was definitely part of, of why I wanted to go to Iowa State for sure. Well, now, for position players, the adjustment of going from the CIML to the Big 12 can be a big one just because of the level of athletes that you'll be competing against, you know, right away. You know, but as a kicker, did you find that adjustment, you know, to be difficult? I mean, it's still kicking, right? Yeah, uh, the, the adjustment, it was a lot faster. Um, that, that was kind of the, the biggest thing. And um, I had to kick off of a tee in high school. A lot of kids try to go to the ground uh, senior year to try and prepare for college. 
the Ankeny Field uh, was just not good enough for me to do that. Lots of uh, lots of holes and lots of mm -hmm. very thick grass. Uh, so I had a one-inch tee. So moving from that to the ground was a little bit of an adjustment. And the speed of having to get the ball off in time um, and getting the height on the ball, because the guys who are trying to block it are a lot more athletic than right. they are in high school. Uh, and so those were kind of the biggest adjustments. Um, just getting the timing down with snapper and holder. You have to have a lot more trust in your snapper and holder because the, uh, the cadence just has to be right on every time. Um, and so those were kind of the biggest uh, changes right away. Well, one of your holders at Iowa State was a former Ankeny guy, right? So that probably helped. Absolutely. Uh, we recruited him. Funny story, we recruited him up to Iowa State. We, we didn't have a holder. Yeah, we didn't have one I completely trusted at the time. And we're like, hey, I, I wonder what uh, Fisher's doing right now. And so we just called him up and said, hey, man, would you want to walk on at Iowa State to uh, hold for me? And he said yes. And so the man went through every grueling workout to hold a football. And uh, I'll be forever indebted to that dude for doing that. And it was incredible of him to do. So. Oh, for sure. Well, you went on to set Iowa State uh, school records with 138 career PATs and 300 career points. You know, you have to be pretty proud of everything that you accomplished up there. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time, and uh, it, it was super fun. Absolutely. It's fun to say. Well, of course, the uh, Coach Rhodes era came to an end in 2015, which would have been your junior year, and I'm sure you were sad to see things end the way that they did. But, you know, when Coach Campbell was hired, you know, what was going through your mind? Did you think that a fresh start was what the program needed, or did you feel like, you know, the pieces were in place to maybe get things turned around? Gosh, I have zero idea. Um, I have no idea what the program needed. Um, but it was just, you know, the, the, the tough thing for being a senior is, is fresh starts are great. Uh, it's kind of tough for the, the guys who have been there for a while because right. they've made a name for themselves. Um, they've worked hard, and then it's just kind of like starting over. You kind of feel like a little freshman again going in. you got to prove yourself again to a new coach. And um, Obviously, Matt Campbell's done some incredible stuff with Iowa State, so obviously they, they went in the right direction. Uh, but, I mean, I was just there to kick a ball, so I just kept doing what I did and uh, moved on. Well, you had a great senior year. You made 94.1% uh, of your field goal attempts and 79.4% uh, of your attempts in your career, and that set uh, two more records. And I think you guys won uh, three games in Campbell's first season. So even though that marked the end of your career, did you feel at that point like the program was on the upswing when you, when you left? Yeah, you know, I, I, we were going in the right direction, and I think it was, it was a good year, a good transition year is what I felt like. Honestly, there, there wasn't a lot of guys who stuck around, uh, and maybe that was for a good thing. Um, and so it, uh, even if three, three wins, I did feel at the end of the year that uh, we were definitely moving in the right direction, and it was only a matter of time before things got to where they were today. Well, Cole, I'll finish up with you uh, on this question. I just wanted to have you tell people what you're doing now. I know you used to be involved with like video work and multimedia stuff. Are you still involved with that? Yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, I've got my own little company. Uh, it's Ascension Video LLC, and I just shoot. I'm a freelance videographer, and so I shoot basically everything. A lot of drone footage, commercials, social media, a few weddings, all over the place. So I've been doing that for six years now, and uh, love every second of it. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming in. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it, Dan. Thanks. You, you bet. All right, you're listening to the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. Gershman Mortgage is also a sponsor of the podcast. Gershman, the Midwest's premier uh, mortgage lender, is proud to be part of the Ankeny Fanatic podcast. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, vacation home, upgrade, or remodel an existing home, or refinance your current mortgage, Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, they have security, experience, and unmatched service. 
You can visit their Ankeny office, call 515-964-5952, or visit gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Well, my next guest was an All-State quarterback at Ankeny the last two seasons who helped the Hawks to a second-place finish in Class 5A in 2021. He passed for 4,208 yards and 42 touchdowns while being intercepted just eight times in his Ankeny career. He graduated early and will be heading off to Ames this week to begin his college football career at Iowa State. He is J.J. Cole. J.J., thanks for joining me. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you bet. Well, I know you had a busy night tonight with your football banquet, so I appreciate uh, you coming in. And you just got back this week from the Under Armour Next All-America game in Orlando, uh, where you helped your team to a 14-7 to victory in that game. Well, what was that whole experience like? Did you have a good time down there? Yeah, no, that was a really cool experience, you know, and I just want to thank Under Armour and everyone involved. You know, it was a really cool experience for me, and I have a lot of memories to take from that. And it went by really quick, but uh, no, I had a great time. Yeah, because you were down there for like a week, were you? Mm-hmm, yeah. a week. Now, were you already familiar with a lot of the guys on the team? Because I know you spent a lot of time at various camps last summer, so I assume some of the guys you were probably acquainted with, weren't you? Yeah, you know, through the through the recruiting process, you get to hear about a lot of different athletes from all over the country, and, you know, some of the guys, you know, at the quarterback position, I, I've known for a while there, and my roommate, Avery Johnson, I get to spend a lot of time with him, and some of the other quarterbacks I've known through other camps and other things like that, but every position as well like you get to see a lot of those guys out on twitter getting those offers and those highlights and you know I, i've seen a couple of those guys in person before but um never like that where like everyone was there at the same place at the same time so it was kind of cool to be around everyone like that one of you guys had a few practices in the week you know leading up to the game but was it kind of hard to actually, actually play a game because that's not a lot of time to prepare to play a game yeah you know it was um it was a little different you know you're throwing to receivers that you've thrown probably three times two in the practices um, you know, and you're dealing with the different defenses that you've never seen athletes like that before. And, you know, everyone down there is the best of the best. And, you know, but it was, um, you know, it was fun. It was fun getting to be around some of the top athletes from all over. And, you know, I know I definitely grew from the experience. Well, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the game because I had to cover some basketball games that night. But I assume you probably had to run kind of a basic offense, right? Because there just isn't time to, like, put in too many things. Yeah, no, it, it was pretty basic. We didn't have too many formations or plays or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty basic. Well, I did see one highlight where you kept the ball on a scramble and ended up uh, getting tackled pretty hard. So I guess this wasn't quite like the, the Pro Bowl where nobody touches anybody, right? <laughs> yeah, no, guys are still out there trying to make plays and make highlights and all that stuff. Well, you were one of 100 players from across the nation who were selected to participate in the game. So it's obviously, you know, a, a great honor for you to even to be a part of that. And you shared the quarterback duties with, with your roommate, like you mentioned, Avery Johnson, who's going to Kansas State. Uh, you completed 11 of 18 passes for 49 yards and you ran four times for 13 yards. You know, so were you happy with the way that, you know, you played under those conditions? Yeah, you know, um, I felt like overall, I felt like I had a good performance. And at the end of the day, we got the win. So it was fun. Well, I know you also won the accuracy challenge against the other quarterbacks during Monday's walkthrough. So did that competition involve, you know, like throwing passes at different distances? Yeah, so they had five targets set up at various distances, and we had to do um, various different drops um, for each throw, and we got five throws each. And how they uh, pointed it is um, the first throw was one point, second throw was worth two points, three throws were three points, and um, et cetera. And I ended up hitting the first three targets and I ended up missing the last two, but um, that was good enough for me to win. And the coolest part is I get to take home a boombox with me, and it's actually just got at my house the other day. I got to uh, I got this really cool boombox. Um, nice. That uh, that came in the other day, so I, I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, no, that that was accuracy accuracy challenge um, that I ended up winning. 
Well, you obviously have a very strong arm in the uh, 247 sports recap of the game. They said that you got the ball out quick, protected the football, and made smart decisions. Uh, you didn't have a lot of opportunity to drive the ball down the field, but you showed during practice that you have plenty of arm strength to do just that. Uh, you play with a poise and calm demeanor and are just and are among the best uh, pure pocket passers in the country. So now I know I've seen you uncork some, some throws, maybe 50, 60 yards during some of your high school games, but have you ever just gone out there and, and tried to wing it and see how far you could throw it? Yeah, I have. Um, not this last summer, but two summers ago. Um, I, I had some wind on my back. I will clarify that. Um, but me and a couple of my buddies, we went out and threw, and I threw it 78 yards. Wow. Um, but I, I did have some, some, uh, some decent wind on my back. But um, what you figure out when you're trying to throw that as far as you can, like you can't have too much wind because if you have too much wind, then the ball won't turn over and it'll actually work against you. So there's like this fine line where you want like enough wind, but you don't want too, too much wind. Um, but yeah, I threw it 78 yards um, once. Wow. Well, as you know, you're going to be part of the Ankeny Fanatic all-time Ankeny football team. Uh, you obviously deserve to be one of the four quarterbacks on the team. Uh, it was a little hard to know where to place you, though, because you, you, know, you, know, you haven't had a chance to prove yourself at the college level yet. Mm -hmm. But you are the highest-ranked recruit that Ankeny has ever produced. Uh, we're going to be announcing our third team on Monday. And a little spoiler for you, you are going to be on the third team. So as you look back at your high school football career, you know, what memories kind of stick out in your mind? Yeah, um, you know, just really the connections and relationships I built with the people. Um, you know, it was... Uh, the, the whole transferring process was, um, it was difficult at times for me, um, but the relationships I built and the people that stayed close with me, um, you know, you, you, it was really cool for me to see all the people come close and connect with me. And, um, you know, just the people at Ankeny and at Ankeny Centennial, you know, I, I'm very thankful for both, both, both teams and both schools and, you know, Jerry Pizzetti and Ryan Pizzetti, they, uh, I got to thank them as well. Um, you know, they were, they allowed me to start my sophomore year on varsity and they allowed me to get some good experience there. And then of course, coach Rick Nelson, um, head coach Rick Nelson, I got to give him props too. I got to thank him for everything he's done for me. Um, but you know, just after going through this banquet, you know, just looking back at my high school career, um, you know, it went by really fast, but I have a, a lot of really good memories on and off the field that I'll, I'll take with me forever. And I just want to thank everyone who made my high, uh, my high school football career possible and everyone who poured into me. And, um, you know, it wouldn't be I wouldn't be where I am today without you all. Well, you told me earlier that some of your favorite memories were from your junior year, uh, where you guys advanced the title game before dropping a 24-7 to decision to Southeast Polk. I know that game obviously didn't, didn't go the way that you wanted it to. Did you still replay that game in your mind, you know, once in a while, or have you been able to let it go? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I've, I've been able to let that go. Um, but, yeah, I still have memories from that game and the games leading up prior to that and playing in the UNI Dome. Uh, that's a really special experience. Um, you know, but that, that was that was a special group of people there. And like I was saying, the relationships I've built with the people on that team, um, I'll take with me forever. Well, maybe the best game of your high school career came this season in the rematch at Southeast Polk, where you completed 21 to 23 passes for 261 yards and four touchdowns. And your team had a 31 to 14 victory. It just seemed like everything was clicking for you guys that night. Yeah, you know, there, you hear stories about where sometimes everything goes wrong, um, but that was, I just guess, the night where everything went right. And, you know, our coaches, they had a good game plan for us. And, um, you know, I guess we were a little hungry from the previous year and losing the state championship. But, um, no, that, that was definitely a fun night, and that was a fun game too. 
Well, the Rams weren't at full strength that night because their standout running back, Abu Sama, sat out with an injury, and he showed later what he was capable of. He rushed for nearly 400 yards and six touchdowns as Southeast Polk defeated Valley in the championship game to defend the, you know, its title. Now, Abu is headed to Iowa State as well, and I believe he was recruited either as an athlete or as a defensive back. But do you think there's any chance that you know, we might see him on offense with the Cyclones? I think after that state championship performance, um, after you see a performance like that, I think you gotta, you got to think about it, uh, getting him at running back at least a little bit. Of course, your Ankeny teammate, Jamison Patton, is also signed with Iowa State. Now, he was recruited as a safety, but he ended up being your team's leading receiver this year. You know, would you like to continue to throw passes to him at the next level? You know, I'd love to. I'd love to throw to him. You know, and it was really cool just to get to throw with him, not only in this last year, but through seven on seven and some things we did prior. But, um, yeah, honestly, like, I'd love to have him at receiver, but I know at the end of the day, it's, it's not my decision. You know, it's Coach Campbell's decision and it's Jamison's decision. Decision, but um, you know, I'd love to throw throw to him at Iowa State. Well, yeah, it seemed like you guys developed really good chemistry this year, and it, w- it would make sense to have you guys keep that going. But yeah, you know. well, I mentioned that you were headed off to Ames this week to begin college, and that's obviously why you aren't playing basketball this winter. Uh, you were a key player on the Hawk State tournament team a year ago. You know, do you miss basketball at all? Yeah, I do. I really miss it. Um, you know, I, I I do understand though. Like at the end of the day, football is football is priority. Um, you know, I know for me, like. I was put on this earth to, you know, throw football, and I feel like that's God's plan for me. And I feel like, um, you know, just graduating early will will only be an advantage for me, you know, going up there, being around the offense, getting to know, um, you know, the people around there. And just and they've gone through some changes this last offseason and getting to know the new coaches in there and, um, you know, just being around the guys and getting to know some of the guys up there. I feel like that's huge for me just developmental-wise, um, just in preparation for my upcoming career at Iowa State. Well, hey, when you get to Iowa State, you can still play pickup games because I know when I went to school there, I played with a lot of football players. So. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, it's pretty cool. My class, the 2023 class at Iowa State, they, they were really close. Um, everyone top to bottom. And, you know, we have a couple of basketball players um, heading up early. And we've been talking about maybe playing some pickup basketball when we get up there. Well, I know you committed to Iowa State last April, so you've been committed to them for about nine months. You know, but that doesn't mean that other schools couldn't keep recruiting you. And you look at what happened with Caden Proctor in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had, a, had scholarship offers from more than a dozen FBS schools. So did you have some schools that continued to recruit you even after you committed? Yeah. No, there was, there was a lot of schools that reached out at various times after I committed. Um, you know, and it was hard for me and my family just to, you know, handle all of that. Because, you know, when you get schools reaching out to you all the time and, you know, when you're committed to a school, like I, it's just hard for, for some people um, going through the recruiting process. You know, when you're committed to a school and yet coaches still reach out to you. And, um, you know, it, it was hard for me to deal with some of that stuff at times. But uh, the belief in Coach Campbell and what he's doing up there was a big reason for me decide, deciding to stay up at Iowa State. Well, yeah, I know you said earlier that Iowa State believed in you before anyone else did. And, of course, they were the first school to offer you. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like you wavered too much. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Well, going up to Ames now will certainly give you a head start on next season. You know, how beneficial do you think it's going to be for you? Yeah, no, I, I think I think that'll be huge, huge benefit for me. You know, and I, um, it, was, it was a hard decision for me, too, because, you know, I wanted to play basketball and be around some of my high school buddies a little bit longer. But, you know, just understanding that, you know, it, it really is, especially in the quarterback position. It's becoming very regular now that uh, the quarterbacks, at least, and several other positions, too, you graduate early and get up there as early as they can and be around everyone up there. Um, so it, it's becoming very common, especially amongst the quarterback position, to get up there early. 
Of course, the Cyclones have a returning quarterback in Hunter Deckers, who I believe has two years of eligibility remaining. I'm not sure if he can get that 2020 COVID year back or not, or if you'd even want to, but regardless, he's going to be around for a while. Now, the coach has given you any indication whether or not you'll have a chance to come in and compete for the job right away, or is it kind of expected that maybe you'll redshirt that first year? Yeah, they, they said at the end of the day, they're going to play the, the best player and the player that they feel like will give them the best chance to go out there and succeed, which, which makes sense when you're out there and, you know, you got jobs on the line and, you know, families to take care of. Coaches are just going to put out there whoever they feel best about, um, you know, and I feel like me graduating early is um, only going to give me an opportunity to, um, you know, set my mark and make, it, make an impact early on. But, um, yeah, the coaches have made it very clear that at the end of the day, they're just going to play whoever is most prepared and who they feel like will give them the best chance to win. What do you think are the biggest adjustments that you'll have to make, you know, to play at that level? Obviously, just the speed of the game. Um, you know, when you go from high school to college football, I mean, you grow up pretty quick. You know, you're not playing amongst 16, 17, 18-year-olds now. Now you're playing amongst, you know, 24, 25, 26, even some 26-year-olds out there. Um, so you, it, there's a, there's that aspect that you got you got to consider and just the speed of the game. And, you know, at the, at the, the biggest difference from going to high school to college now is you, just, you really have to understand the game, the ins and outs, the X's and O's. And, you know, I'm excited to get up there early, too, and just to study the game and develop there mentally. And, you know, I understand, you know, physically I can make some plays with my feet, but I, I can't rely on that. So understanding the mental aspect of the, of the game will be huge for me. Well, J.G., before I let you go, I want to get your prediction. Of course, uh, Georgia will play TCU in the national championship game on Monday night, and the Bulldogs are a heavy favorite to defend their crown. You know, who do you think is going to win? Do you, get, do you give uh, TCU a shot? You know, I got to I gotta stick with the Big 12 and TCU. What they've done this season has been pretty special, and, you know, I hope they can finish it off. You know, after what happened last season, I think they went 5-7, and seven, and now they're playing in the national championship. You know, that only, that only excites me and Iowa State. Like, it's just very exciting because, um, you know, you, you can see, you can see it be done, can be done. Um, you know, and Max Duggan being from Iowa, you know, that, that's something to cheer for too. So I'm cheering for TCU. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. You know, my prediction will probably be 48 to 45 uh, TCU over Georgia. Well, that'd be a heck of a game. I hope we get that. So, well, hey, JJ, thanks a lot for coming in tonight. And hey, good luck at Iowa State. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. You bet. All right, you're listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. At Coldwell Banker, you're not one of many clients. You're our most important client. We listen to your needs to develop long-lasting relationships and provide the best services, professional support, and resources in the industry. We are constantly exploring new and innovative ways to elevate your experience and exceed your expectations. Our network of resources allows us to be the number one Coldwell Banker franchise affiliate in Iowa, guiding you home for over 30 years. Well, my final guest tonight is one of our loyal sponsors at Ankeny Fanatic. He's been on the podcast uh, once before. I thought it'd be fun to bring him back again. He's the owner of Nick Jarosh Fitness, and ironically, that's also his name. He is the one and only Nick Jarosh. Nick, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Well, as you know, we're in the process of uh, publishing our all-time Ankeny football team, yep. and I have some difficult news to break to you. Uh, you didn't quite make the cut. I well, just didn't, you know, didn't want you to spend the next couple of weeks waiting for that announcement. You so. know, that one, one catch, <laughs> you know, for 42 yards, we joke about that with my buddies. That was it for me. <laughs> Found the stat sheet. Well, you actually did play for Coach Pizzetti, I did, though. I and, did. and you were a solid player, even though you weren't an all I was a starter, there. yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you look back at your career, though, I mean, what do you think about it? Do you have some favorite memories? I do. I mean, we, you know, it's just playing with all those guys. Uh, one of my best friends growing up uh, as a young kid was Andy Burdell. Um, so, obviously, you know, one of the better oh, yeah. uh, running backs to, to ever come through Ankeny. Um, you know, those guys, uh, obviously, my brother. Uh, actually, my memories stem from from him. 
Um, and, you know, being the, uh, in my recollection, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the first var- freshman to play varsity football for Jerry. He was the first, that's what we were told. Yes. One of the I first to, to get pulled up. To actually play correct. consistently. Yes, correct. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so having him on the team, I got a lot of, uh, a lot of jokes about that with him starting and I didn't as a junior. So, <laughs> bet. so yeah, but no, I was always, you know, I was always proud of Aaron and, and, and what he was able to accomplish. And, and one of my memories was, uh, it was, I believe it was his freshman year. We played Indianola and there was that, uh, who was the receiver that went on to Iowa State? Uh, oh, Blythe, Todd Blythe? Yes, he went on to Iowa State. And um, you'll have to go back and look, but I'm sure, uh, I believe Aaron shut him down for two catches. One of them was a touchdown, but Aaron was a freshman. He was a senior, and he shut him down. Uh, and then we knew at that point, oh, he's going to be a special player. Oh, I'll bet, yeah. Well, Pizzetti's obviously had a legendary career. You know, Did you realize when you were playing for him, though, You know how much longer he would continue to keep coaching and racking up these wins? No, I mean, you know, the rumor's always, hey, this is his last yeah. year, this is his last year, <laughs> this is going to be his last year. Um, no, actually, um, but, you know, it's great to see the, uh, both Pizzetti's, you know, do that. I mean, Jerry was always, he's such a nice guy, and he's such a, such a great coach, and and, um, and, you know, I was, I was coach. I didn't, I didn't really coach much with Ryan. I was, I was a tight end. So I was more with, uh, some of the other guys like, uh, coach Becker and, sure. um, how Dave Richards was my coach back then as well. So, uh, but no, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's so cool to see. I missed the, when they recognized him for, they brought all those players on. I wasn't able to get back in town, but, um, yeah, it was a, it's pretty cool to see him do what he's done and, and, uh, you know, it's the great thing is he still remembers a lot of his players, you know, and so, which is awesome. He does, sure. Well, you mentioned your brother Aaron. Of course, he was yep. a stud player at Ankin. He played uh, multiple positions in his career, and you not only got a chance to play with him, but I'm yep. sure you followed his career, you know, afterwards. Yep. Uh, you know, what stuck out about him as a player? Well, geez, I mean, so, you know, I, I'm looking at it as from a brother, right? Uh, he, he was the type of guy that he could literally just step in the weight room and put 400 pounds on as a defensive back and squat it and then walk out the door. You know, he just was such a raw talent and such a, you know, a lot of guys have come up to me and said he, you know, just game planning around him. Now, I didn't play with him when he played quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was more uh, defensive back. And then, but the funny story is you said a funny story. So I remember our starting quarterback got hurt. It was Trent Jones at the time. Mm-hmm. And Aaron had to come in and he had like he had pinched something on his shoulder. So he had to wear a cowboy collar that game. I don't know if you remember this. I, I kind of do. Yeah. Southeast Polk. Yeah. And um, he had to wear a cowboy collar. And they called a play where he's going to fake it to Andy, roll out and throw it to me. And I was so pumped. I'm like, he's finally going to throw me the ball. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be Jirosh, Jirosh. And he hands the ball off to Andy and fumble because Andy wasn't expecting it. So well, I still give him, you know, a bunch of crap for that because I'm like the one time you could have thrown me the ball. You gave it away, but no, I mean, yes, obviously a special player. I mean, at the time, I mean, he had, he has a long jump record for Ankeny, um, you know, state champion, long jumper, Drake champion as well. Uh, just a freak athlete. Um, it would always annoy me too, that I'd have to outwork him and I couldn't even come close, even as a junior with his freshman talent. I mean, he was just so that much above everybody else. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, he will be on one of the all-time teams yeah. coming up here, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, do you think do you think trying to follow in your footsteps and live up to what you were doing, do you think that maybe drove him <laughs> to his success? <laughs> no, not, not one bit. Um, no, he, he, he did a great job with his, you know, doing his own thing. I do remember in school, though, they would always say, oh, you're Aaron's brother? I'd be like, no, I'm older. He's my brother, you know. <laughs> it's still that brotherly love. 
Uh, I always liken it to, you know, beating him up as a young kid that that toughened him up enough to make him, you know, go out there and take some of those hits. But no, he's, uh, yeah, he did, he did, he had a phenomenal career. And I did follow him after, although he chose not to play football because he tore his labrum uh, his senior year. Um, he played through it, but then had surgery mm-hmm. uh, halfway through baseball season um, to fix that. So they told him if he, you know, he'd do it again, it's just going to be a bigger issue. And so he chose baseball that route. Do you think he would have played football otherwise? Or? Well, yeah, he got, I mean, offers from Iowa, you know, offers from other big schools. So, yeah, I mean, they were looking at him at sa- uh, uh, safety. Hmm. Well, he certainly had a good uh, baseball career as well. So yeah. I, think, I think he did yeah, all right. Yeah, he did okay. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I want to give you a chance to talk about your business a little bit. Now, how long have you owned your own place now? Well, my, my current location, we're going on our fifth year, but I've been training and coaching for 15 years. So I've been doing this a while. Um, you know, we, we've been kind of, we kind of transitioned more into the sports performance world within the last five to six years. Um, it's been a passion of mine. I mean, obviously playing sports and, and being around, I, I got my, I got my first degree in sport management. So I, you know, worked with the Cincinnati Reds baseball organization. So I've always been around sports my whole life. Uh, I love athletes. I talked to everybody about them. They're just so driven and, and dedicated and it's easy to work with them. Um, and that's why I love what I do is because they, they see a, a goal and they set that goal and then they go accomplish it. I mean, most of them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially the ones I work with, um, which it makes my job really easy. Well, I'm sure like a lot of small business owners, you probably took a hit during the COVID-19 pandemic. Was that a tough stretch for you? And do you feel like things are back to normal now as far as your business is yeah, concerned? So what's actually interesting is um, COVID ended up being my best year ever. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because we really, that's when we really pivoted from we, we were running a lot of adult boot camps and mm-hmm. then kind of dip, kind of going into sports performance a little bit. But yeah, when they shut that side down and then they you know kind of allowed us to come back, uh, it was the kids that really were like, all right, we want to get back in. We want to we want to get back going. Um, they were going part time to school, so they needed somewhere else to go. Um, so actually, our business kind of thrived uh, during COVID, which was amazing. Um, That's great. We you know we had kids in every day and. And then I, f- I saw like the writing was on the wall. I was like, this is, we need to transition full-time into it. We still do a little bit of adult boot camp. Uh, don't get me wrong. We're, uh, we brought in a couple trainers. Um, I don't know if you remember Lauren uh, Burt. She played softball oh, yeah. at Centennial. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's one of our trainers now. Um, and she's taking over the adult side of things. And then um, she's helping with the sports performance as well. But yeah, it's it's been so much fun, and we, we've really we've really kind of transitioned myself in the more of the world of, of speed training and that sort of thing. So that's been fun to learn. Well, this next question kind of piggybacks off of that, but I know every business has to you know constantly evolve if it wants to remain successful. Yep. So have you seen some changes in the fitness business you know in the last year or so, either in terms of maybe the equipment or, or the types of workouts you know that people can do? I mean, you kind of already touched on that. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, our changes personally have come more less, less is more, you know, I, I was thinking you, you got to get all the, like all the racks, all the fun stuff. And that's fine. And that's great. And dandy. And we do have technology. We have some great technology that we use. We use GPS trackers, but we have found that, uh, getting down to the root of things, getting down to the cause of why an athlete is struggling with a certain position or a certain move or, or what's wrong with their sprint has been kind of the best thing for us. We use the tools to help us. And I think tools are phenomenal, but they can also kind of take away from, you know, the coach's eye, as I call it. Um, and, and, and this is kind of totally counterproductive as what I've been talking about for the last two years, because we talk about, um, 
using these technologies, but I really want everybody to understand that as much as we use them, we are still getting down to the basics as well. So uh, I, that kind of answers your question, but oh, yeah. kind of not. <laughs> well, and you mentioned that you do a lot of work with high school athletes. And yeah. for the ones who have a lot of success in, in their training with you, I'm sure you get you know, some other kids coming to you just through word of mouth. Yeah. Is that kind of the most common way that you get new clients? 100%. I mean, 100%. You know, we'll get two, three kids. And then if it's a middle school kid, they'll bring their whole team. You know their whole AAU or USSA team or softball. I mean, and everyone says, "Well, you're on the South Side. You're South Side." And we're not. We're. I mean, I'm wearing a Centennial shirt. Mm -hmm. I have. You know, we have seven or eight Southeast Polk uh, baseball players in there. I mean, we have a wide range of athletes from different schools. Uh, we got people that come from Nottoway Valley out in Greenfield. I mean. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we have so many different dynamics of, of people from middle school to, I mean, we got high school kids, college kids, nobody in the pros yet, but maybe someday we'll get there. Well, if anyone listening to the podcast you know, is interested in getting a hold of you and, you know, trying out some of your programs, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, they can go to uh, our Facebook page, Nick Jarosh Fitness. Um, that's probably the easiest way, uh, NickJarroshFitness.com as well. And um, they can get a hold of me there. Uh, all right, Nick. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. You bet. All right, you've been listening to the Yankee Fanatic Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Coldwell Banker Mid-America. I want to thank my guests again uh, for coming in tonight. We had Cole Netton and J.J. Cole, both members of the Ankeny Fanatic all-time Ankeny football team. And we also had Nick Jarosh from Nick Jarosh uh, Fitness. I enjoyed my conversation with uh, all three of those guys and appreciate uh, their time. So come back next week for another edition of the Ankeny Fanatic Weekly Podcast.